G'day, and welcome to Feed for Thought, a regular podcast from Pioneer covering everything from farm systems to crops and products and much, much more. Hi, I'm Ian Williams. Today we've got Wade Bell, of course. Matt Daly's missing as per usual. He's bailed. He's bailed. We've got a, we've got a better ring-in. Yeah, absolutely. And our better ring-in is um, our colleague Hamish Johnson. Now, Hamish is the New Zealand National Grain Account Manager with Pioneer. So welcome, Hamish. That's the one. Yep. Thanks, guys. Great to be here. <laughs> Look, tell us a bit about yourself. I mean, this is your first time on uh, Feed for Thought. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, great to be here. Obviously, listen to the podcast and uh, yeah, nice to be here in person and, and featuring and talking all things grain. Yep. Uh, yeah, so those of you that don't know me, uh, like Ian said, well, I do all things grain. I'm the grain account manager for Pioneer and yeah, look, service directly on the ground, uh, grain growers across to Waikato and up in Northland. So, so, so now you grew up on a farm? Yep, yep. So I grew up just west of Hamilton, out yep. past uh, Fodder Fodder there. I uh, grew up in a sheep and beef farm there. Did all my schooling in Hamilton, went down south to Lincoln Uni, did yes. the whole ag science yeah. thing yes. there. <laughs> One of, one, of the, one, of the, one of these seen the light, obviously. I mean, you know, <laughs> unlike Wade and Matt, of course, but uh, it's yeah. all right. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love the South Island and, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a fantastic experience. And, yeah, accidentally ended up back up in the Waikato in the egg industry working for a seed company called Agricom at the time. Yeah, they focus on all your small seeds, all your brassicas, grasses, clovers, et cetera, et cetera. I worked for them for just under nine years and, yeah, really enjoyed it across a number of different roles and, and came across to Pioneer. It must be coming up two years ago now yeah. and been, yeah, head down in the grain industry since. And to be fair, Mosh, you, you cop a fair bit of grief within uh, within Pioneer. Uh, been, the, been the grain guy uh, and we've talked everything silage on this podcast and, and the same thing happens internally, right? You're, you're trying to defend it's the grain. He's got this lone voice. In the <laughs> yeah, he's the lone voice, the grain guy. Oh. Yes, it definitely, uh, definitely seems a little bit like that. So yeah. it's nice to have the grain featuring today. So. Yeah, cool. So talk, talk us about what, what's happening internationally, what's happening with national, you know, sort of the local market, what's happening price-wise? I mean, yeah, it's sort of certainly been an interesting time since I've started. And um, obviously we've had the likes of COVID come about and provide some massive logistical challenges. Yep. Uh, so typically New Zealand- or Ukraine? And yeah, throwing Ukraine and Russia yep. into that as well. Yep. And so, yeah, for a variety of different reasons, uh, getting grain here and having grain here has been more of a challenge than ever. So typically we grow and utilise 200,000 tonne of maize grain a year in New Zealand and yes. we import about another 200,000 tonne, give or take on what the what the year throws at us. So, so primarily, where does that, where, I mean, where does it, what is it used for? Good question. Uh, so about 85% of that maize grain is going into the dairy industry yep. and about oh, seven. We knew we'd get yeah. to dairy some yeah, stage. Yeah, we got there in the end. <laughs> oh, we, knew, we, we knew we invited you here for a reason. <laughs> Even Ian was angling it that way. <laughs> oh, you knew that was coming. Uh, and then so the next biggest user of maize grain is, is poultry. So the chicken industry, yeah. so that's about 7%. Uh, and then the next biggest would be for human consumption. Uh, so it goes into your, your, you know, your corn chips and into you know, NZ starch in Auckland. Yep. Uh, so it makes starch products. Yeah, so that's where most of it goes. And what are the returns like normally? Uh, most like, uh, you know, when you compare, say, say a maize silage grower and you know, going for contract for, for dairy farmers, what are the returns like by comparison? Look, it's quite a different beast because, I mean, a lot of the maize grain ground, you know, it's not on the prime, you know, central Waikato soils. You haven't got the – typically your soil's not as good and your environments are a little bit more challenging. Uh, so typically my growers that were targeting that sort of 10 to 12 tonne of grain, you know, their net margin, you take all your all your costs in, you're sort of sitting somewhere around that 1,500 to 2.5 grand a hectare. Right, yeah, that's not bad, eh? It's pretty good. Yep. It's pretty good on, on 
subprime kind of land. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it compares to sheep and beef that's running oh. at about, you know, sort of. Yeah. yeah. And for some of my sheep and beef guys, you know, that's the most profitable part of their farm. Right. Admittedly, it's their flats. It is the best part of the farm that's coming out. But yeah, some of those margins that they're making, you know, it really sets them up. And again, it you know, helps them diverse their business as well. Right. So sort of reduce their risk and because uh, they've just got another income stream. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I'll jump in. He's thinking about the next question. I come across quite a few dairy farmers that have got uh, that have got infrastructure for in shed feeding. And one of the things, the question that keeps popping up is, you know, can I, as a dairy farmer, potentially grow maize grain and refeed it back through my in shed feeder? And and if I do go down that track, what are the things that I'd have to consider? Yeah. Sorry, Mushy, I'm going. I'm, I'm swinging. I'm bringing it back to dairy again. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, look, yeah, good question. Look, I've worked with a couple of growers that already do this. Uh, so they'll grow a little bit of maize silage, a little bit of maize grain, take the maize silage off, and essentially just leave the grain, let it dry down for as long as possible, and they'll harvest it once at about 22% moisture. Yeah. Then they'll send it to um, one of the grain buyers, and they'll dry it for them, and they'll store it for them. They'll get them to kibble it as well, and they'll buy it back. Uh, we'll chuck it back and. Yeah, put it back through the in-shed feed system. So the key thing is is getting it dry, so getting it down to that 14% moisture yeah. um, and then getting it kibbled and then, yeah. So and once at a 14% moisture, I mean, is it pretty safe? Does it does it not, you know, go musty or yeah, anything yeah, like that? That's the, I guess, safe moisture percentage. Right. Yeah. And is is that adoptable by most farmers or does it depend on your access or, or your, you know, how close you are to the dryers and the, you know, Travel and all that sort of stuff's going to yeah. play a, a big part in the price yeah. or the, I mean, that's or the, the cost. Biggest, that's the biggest thing that kills it for a for a farmer if they're trying to use it themselves is that cartage. Yeah, you know, having to cart it all the way to the dryer and then cart it all the way back. The so, other big big thing is the storage of it too. Right. Okay. Yeah. So so storage costs can be quite high. Yeah, I mean, it can be quite high yeah, you know, if you're storing right. it for ten months, say. Yeah. yeah, and and they would pay the dairy farmer would pay that, wouldn't they? Yeah, right. the dairy farmer okay. pays that. So look, I mean, we know that maize grain is probably one of the safest forms of starch to feed. So I've got to bring this back oh, to yeah. dairy, of course, yeah. but, uh, but it is one of the safest forms of starch to feed from a dairy. And, 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 and people would consider it the premium grain to feed to cows. Have you got many dairy farmers that are that are actually feeding it as a sole ration or is it normally part of a blend or part of a pellet? Yeah, look, a lot of it's yeah part of a blend or or through a pellet. I've got a couple of guys that are doing small amounts as a, it's just a pure blend. Yes. Yeah, but most of it will be, yeah, will get blended at the dryer. I mean, it's probably the brilliant thing with many of these dryers is they're doing other things on the side with the with the maize grain, hence that's why they buy it and that's why they dry it. Right. And so they've got all the infrastructure and the facilities to add something to it, to, to palletise it or whatever, yeah. and then they can they can ship it back. So um, the other thing I thought of, I mean, look, there's a lot of guys that are sort of around my age that are, you know, just getting a bit tired of dairying and are looking to do something with their land. If people wanted to move out of dairying and, and say put their dairy farm into or or do some grain on the dairy farm, I mean, is there an opportunity for them? I mean, are they will they be able to sell it? Yeah, I mean, there's strong demand for maize grain, and you know, every year, um, you know, we start the maize season, the maize harvesting season, and you know, March, April, and all the silos are empty. You know, all, everyone's crying out for maize grain, so we never have enough. We never seem to be able to carry over enough, and so, yeah. Look, I was with a guy um, down at Ochihonga earlier in the week. Similar thing, been dairying, been growing a little bit of maize grain on the side for a long time. Had enough of it. He's putting the whole farm into maize next year. I had enough of growing maize grain. I had enough of dairying. So, <laughs> oh, you can never have enough of growing maize yeah, grain. Yeah, yeah. Come on. He's got to get his own plug back. <laughs> yeah, so look, needed to 
yeah, fit of his time in life. He's keen to go fishing. Um, so he's going to put the whole thing into maize. Half of it's going to be guaranteed grain. The other half, he's going to play the market. Yep. So a little bit might go for maize silage. A couple of his neighbours are dairy, dairy farming and wanting to buy some silage in. So, yeah, it works out well. And if we get to January, February, and there's been no commitment on that silage, uh, we can grab that grab that and take it to grain. Just um, thinking about that whole growing grain, what, what do farmers typically do on the back side of or, or the out-of-season uh, you know, because with the maize silage crop, obviously it comes off and then you plant an annual ryegrass or a ryegrass yep. afterwards. What do you do on the back mm. of uh, oh, maize grain? So to take many options. Yep. So many options. So, I mean, traditionally we've just left that ground fallow and, and we haven't done anything with it. Probably more recently, uh, everyone's sort of started to push their systems a little bit harder. We've seen, you know, annual ryegrass still getting drilled in and behind it. And so we tried to shorten up our CRM in our grain hybrids, so we get it off a little bit earlier and then we get, she gives us some time to get the annual ryegrass in and yeah, utilise that feed through winter. Alternatively, you know, there's so many options of uh, cover crops, you know, vetch, uh, lupins, oats, uh, yeah. And the advantage of putting a cover crop in, of course, is you're going to get less nitrogen loss yep. and all that sort of and stuff. And you're protecting your soil and yeah. then in time, you know, adding organic matter and everything else, you know, free nitrogen adding to the soil when you come through and cultivate and put your maize back in the ground. So, yeah. So Hamish, is is it a hard thing to do, or is it a? I mean, is it as an easy thing to do to either grow maize, a bit of maize grain yourself, or when you're getting out of dairying and getting into say one of these systems? What sort of things would farmers need to do and know and all that sort of stuff? Big part of it is probably just connecting with the right people, and I mean that's part of what I do. Right. Um, you know, help facilitate some of those relationships with you know with a grain buyer. You know, most of the contractors, those relationships are already there, and they they keen for the keen for the work, keen to do the business. But yeah, I guess location, you know, soil type infrastructure, tracks to get around the farm, you know, particularly as some of this grain's not coming off until May and June, it can be a little bit wet. So making sure we can actually get on those paddocks to get it off. So, uh, so look, if, if, if someone was thinking about this, they could get in touch with you, eh? Absolutely, yep. And, and look, Hamish's details are on our website, pioneer.co.nz. Thanks very much. I mean, obviously we've given you a bit of a, a, bit of a, a, bit of a hard time, but look, we really appreciate you coming along because I think it's an, obviously as we go forward, looking at some of the challenges which farming's going to face, Maize grain is going to be an important part of, or one of the one, one of the, the ways considerations. For, yeah, considerations, absolutely. Look, thanks very much for listening, everybody. If look, if you've enjoyed this podcast, follow and subscribe on all the major podcast platforms, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you next time. <laughs>